Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We are back at it again with another episode of Kingdom Cast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. Um, before we get into everything, uh, the Chiefs decided to put their arms in the race in the free agency. Um, AFC West, they got more, there's been more moves stacked up in our division. So it's going to get interesting as it, as it looks on paper. But before we get into all of that, uh, I'd like to welcome our panel. Um, the top middle of the screen is country. Top right-hand corner is our homegirl, Kylie. By right-hand of the screen is our guy, Boogie. And this week's special guest, he is from Fred's side. He is the host of Stacking the Box. Uh, covers the Chiefs quite well, too. So we'd like to welcome Chiefs. We'd like to welcome Matt Verderam. Matt, Thanks how you doing me. this today, man? Um, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Doing well. Cool, cool. So let's get into it, man. Let's get into the big news of the day. Uh, the Chiefs, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster officially, uh, signed to a one-year deal. Um, and come to find out, the details of the contract is it's only a $3.4 million contract, and the rest of it was incentives. So it could be up to $10.25 million if he reaches all those incentives. So um, the Chiefs, they introduced Juju today in the press conference and everything. And, of course, uh, the whole TikTok question had to, had to get addressed and everything. Um, but Juju looked quite serious in uh, addressing that, saying that he just wants to come here and work. He came here to win a championship. So we'll just see about that, man. You know, action means louder than words. So, but let's go ahead and talk about the Juju acquisition here. Um, Juju, I know he's a he's a good route runner. Uh, he's pretty good blocking in the run game, and I think he'll be a key asset on third downs. You know, if Tyreek and Travis get all the attention. So, Matt, what was your thoughts on Juju being a Kansas City Chief? Well, they tried to get him last year. They they offered yeah. more money to him than Pittsburgh did, but he went back because he he you know had some loyalty to Ben Roethlisberger, and of course now Roethlisberger's retired, and and so I'm not surprised at all that he's in Kansas City. I think everybody knew the Chiefs from the market for a receiver. They get one. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little surprised at what it cost. Like I I, I kind of thought it'd be a one year deal. Kind of figured as much just because of how how he came off the injury, but for three and a half million dollars. And then it's a bunch of incentives. Now, look, if you're the Chiefs, you're praying that you end up paying him $10 million this year because that means you had an unbelievable season. right? Like, if you're the Chiefs, you're like, yeah, that'd be great. I hope you had every incentive you have. Um, but if, you, if you're KC, look, would you rather pay him one year and three and a half plus incentives or Allen Robinson three years and $45 million? Like, I, and, it, and it's not a knock on Allen Robinson. It's just a, it's a matter of finances. Like The Chiefs have a lot of guys that have to pay, including their their other receiver and Tyree Kill, who they're going to be giving an extension to this offseason. So – there's a lot of mouths to feed. Look, I think he fits well with what they do. He's a versatile guy. He can move him around. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can go down the field. He can run underneath. But I also think he gives him a little bit of a toughness. Like, because he does his TikTok stuff, people always pigeonhole him into being this guy who's kind of like a diva. When he when you watch him play, though, he's he's a dude. He, he knocks people around on the field. I think the Chiefs could use a little bit of that at receiver. You know, they have some smaller guys in Helen Hardman. I think Smith Schuster gives him a little bit of a different element. Yeah, I think um I, the film, little film I saw from this past season, even though it's kind of an injury injury riddle season, he still put some good tape out there. So he's only he's only twenty five. Um, that's another thing. Like of all the free agent acquisitions that were made in the division, the Chiefs got younger, and I think that's a good sign for years to come. Um, now, de- depending on how uh, the season goes with Juju, I mean. You know, maybe the Chiefs keep him even longer, but we'll see about that. Uh, that's further down the line. But I know when Juju was like, 
you know, the second option at Pittsburgh when A.B. was still there. He put up a hell of a season um, and uh, put his name out there in the league as one of the top young receivers, top young upcoming receivers in the league. So, well, it Also, real quick, it should be said, too. I mean, look, I'm not trying to shell for Smith Schuster. Like, we'll see what he ends up doing. But the last three years, everybody's like, well, he hasn't had great production. Look at those quarterbacks have been. They have no quarterback. Like, Ben Roethlisberger last year, all kidding aside, it was a struggle for him to throw the ball more than 10 yards, like with any kind of velocity whatsoever, right? Like, I've, I've watched every Steelers game for the past three, four years, like either live or going back and watching on Game Pass. Roethlisberger can't drive the football. So there's no opportunity to catch the ball. And then a couple of years ago, three years ago, it was Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Like they had no ability to throw the football. You're going from that to Mahomes. Now, I get it. You have Hill and Kelsey on this team, right? Like, they're always going to be number one and two in targets as long as they're healthy. But he's going to get targets. Like, Demarcus Robinson being gone, Byron Pringle being gone, he's going to take those targets. That's a lot of targets between the two of them. So, I think I think he'll be targeted just fine. I also think, you know, this idea that he hasn't played well in the last three years, he's had no shot. I mean, they can't – there are so many games if you watch, not just him, Claypool – Deontay Johnson, Washington, they're wide open. And Roethlisberger can't get him the football. Just could not do it. So you're going from a guy who can't throw the ball to Mahomes who can get the ball 30 yards in, in the blink of an eye. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a totally different dynamic. So so with that acquisition, would you be done in the wide receiver run? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not opposed to drafting a guy. Like, if they would take a guy on, like, day two or something, Sure. But I'm looking at them and saying, look, offensively, if that team's healthy, no one's stopping them. They're going to score 30-plus points without blinking. The, the problem they have is right now they don't have an edge rush. They don't. I mean, Frank Clark coming back, I thought it was a good move considering they were going to eat a bunch of dead cap anyway. So you might as well bring the guy back for, for a, a sliver more. Why not? Um, but they need edge rush, and they need to replace Charverius Ward because the guy who's replacing him is not on that roster, in my opinion. So – I think those are the moves that have to be made. Like, I would love the Chiefs, if the medicals check out, like, call up the, call up the Vikings about Daniil Hunter. And I know I know people say, look, he's, you know, he's expensive. I don't care. He's 28 years old, and that guy's good for 15 sacks. He's on the field. Like, I, I'd call up and ask what the price is. I think offensively, I think you're done. Like, Wiley's not a great right tackle, but he's solid. Like, you're not – he's not going to get you killed. He's fine there. Knows the offense. Knows Mahomes. Um I think, I think you're good on offense. I think now it's about you've got to build up this defense. I mean, look at the division, right? You're going to have to score 35 points of a game to win in this division if you don't beef up the defense. So I think that's got to be next for them. I yeah. agree for and, sure. Yeah. And so, would you rather them go and find someone in free agency rather than try and draft a bunch of defensive players? Would you rather trade around? How would you like them to use those first picks? I think – just based off of going to the senior bowl, being at the combine, talking to people in the league, I think, look, realistically, it's a great edge draft. It's a really good edge draft. It's really good at receiver. Everywhere else, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. So if I'm the Chiefs, I've got to find the corner, whether that's Patrick Peterson, whether that's Stephon Gilmore, whether that's somebody else that they like that's maybe a little bit of a, of a, of a second-tier name but is a guy who they think can really fit. I'll say one thing for Brett Veach since he's been with the Chiefs. They find corners all over the place. I mean, Ward was a guy who was undrafted they traded for. Um, you know, Fenton was a day three pick. So was Snead. They're really good at being able to identify corner talent. What they're not be what they've not been very good at is being able to identify edge talent. That's been a problem for them. They have not done that very well. 
I like Dan as a rotational piece. I think they should bring back Ingram. But I also think, too, like, I think you bring back Ingram, but I'd also use a first-round pick on an edge rusher. Like, I would – because Ingram and Clark, like, they're probably not here next year anyway, like, after 2022, even if, Clark, even if Ingram comes back. So, I'm looking at a guy like Boye Mafe, who I was out in California. I spent a couple of days with him and Aiden Hutchinson and Nikki Aquano for a story. And Boye Mafe just – I mean, everything about the dude, personality, athlete, traits, film. Like, if he's sitting there at 30, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm taking him all day. Like he is a guy who I think can be maybe a cornerstone of an edge rush for a while. And there are other guys as well. He's just one example. But I think for KC, you've got to find the corner. If you don't have a corner in this division, I mean, look at the receivers. You've, you've got to be able to put three corners out there who can play. I think Sneed and Fenton can play. But you've got to have another guy who you feel mm-hmm. good about. So, so would you rather would you rather throw a rookie into the fire or would you rather get a, one of those vet guys that you mentioned? I want, to, I want a corner, I want a vet guy. Because I don't want a rookie trying to lock down Devontae Adams. I don't want I don't want a rookie having to deal with all those guys in Denver, right? Or or Allen and Williams. Like Patrick Peterson's not the player he was three years ago in Arizona, but he's a serviceable cornerback. Stephon Gilmore's still good. Like he's been he had some injuries, but when he came back in Carolina and played, he was really good. I think if you're Kansas City, you've you've gotta go out and get a vet corner. I don't care how you do it, right? Like I'd be more okay with them going out, getting a vet corner, maybe bringing back Melvin Ingram and then drafting an edge rusher and saying, okay, we'll go forward with that. You do have Chris Jones inside. You've got Wharton who's, who gets decent push. I think you can do that at edge rush. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but there's a chance that it works out fine. If you're throwing out Fenton Sneed and a rookie, you better hope that rookie's really good right away because if he's not, you got problems. I mean, not even just in their division. They play the Bills. They play the Bengals. They play the Bucks. They play the NFC West. Like, there's not too many games in there where you're playing some quarterback who can't play. So, I think you got to go get a guy, a veteran guy who you believe in who could step in and play the role right away. You're so, absolutely right. So we got we got a poll currently going up about uh, signing a vet corner. We got Gilmore, uh, Pat Peterson, and uh, who was the other kid that I had on there? You had Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, yeah. How would you rank those three in personal personal opinion? Yeah, I, I think Gilmore for me is the top guy. He's he's a defense player a year a couple of years ago, and I get it. Like Guys can fall off, but if you watch the state in Carolina, he can still play. I'm not saying defensive player of the year level, but he's still a good corner. He's still an above-average corner. I think Peterson is a good number two at this point. So if you get him and Sneed steps up, like the one thing with Sneed, the talent's there to be a number one. Like the guy has had flashes of uh, and, and and significant flashes where he's been really good. Um, I think Fenton's more your classic, like two or three. But Peterson, if he comes in, you at least have a viable corner room. And I'd also, by the way, I'd still bring in either another vet or even a guy you draft early because you need to have another corner, like just in case a guy gets hurt, he's out a month, whatever. You need some depth there because DeAndre Baker to me is not it. If you can't, you can't be putting DeAndre Baker out there against Mike Williams on Monday Night Football and just hope it works out. That That's a recipe for Mahomes to score 40 points. So um, I, I'd probably go Gilmore, Peterson, and then Hayden. I think Hayden – Hayden's still solid. Um, I think they're all good options. But I think Kansas City, they got to find one of them. Peterson flat out said that they're interested in him. So we'll see how that goes. But the Chiefs know it. The Chiefs, they saw the same stuff we saw last year. They know they need a corner, and I, I expect them to go out and get one. You know, as, fans, as, as far as – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know the fans, they was banging the drum for Patrick Pearson in the past few years. 
Um, at this point in his career, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he could still be a corner or does he need to convert to safety? Um, you know, that's kind of debatable, you know, because he's kind of at the crossroads of his career. Um, but, Matt, since you mentioned that the Chiefs need a veteran corner, um, so you like Boye Mafe at pick 30 if he's there for a defensive end, right? Um, do you think the Chiefs – do you think there's an option for the Chiefs to trade up and maybe get get somebody better for defensive end, or do you think Boye Mafe is, just, is good enough? I personally, now look, I'll, I'll flat out say, I also spent two days with him and got to know him where I didn't, you know, some of these guys, I, I don't know from Adam, other than the fact that just, you know, maybe asked him a few questions at the combine and watched the tape, but just having watched him, watched him kind of when no one else is watching him, like behind the scenes, just, you know, just the way he works, the way he interacts. I just think he would fit with them. I think he would fit really well with them. Um, but, you know, hey, listen, could they trade up? Sure. They've got two third round picks. They, they've got the ammunition that they haven't had in years past. Where they could do that. Like, that's the one thing that's interesting about all this. Like the AFC West, look, they have gotten all the new shiny toys, right? In Denver and LA and Vegas. And that, hey, kudos to them. Denver's a lot better now because Russell Wilson's a hell of a lot better than Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Like all these people slandering Russell Wilson. Like, oh, he wasn't, he's not that good anymore. He's a hell of a lot better than those two, right? Like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, like, what funny. are we talking about? That that's guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just the facts. The Chargers, J.C. <coughs> Jackson is a big upgrade. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm based out in Chicago. Khalil Mack, I think, is still good. I don't think he's the game-changing force that people think he is at this juncture. Maybe he turns back the clock and he, and he has a great year. I, I think he's still a factor, but I don't, he's not the guy. Kind of like I talked about Gilmore. right? Like, still good, but maybe not who he once was. And then the Raiders go out and get Adams, which i tell you what. Honestly, I thought they gave him a lot including the contract like that is that is a lot to still be what i think is the the fourth best team in the division um but but they they're better but kansas city like those teams all now have like no picks right the chargers don't have a second and a sixth though they still have their first denver has no picks forever the raiders don't have a first or a second like kansas city's got an opportunity to really not only get better but as you mentioned earlier chuck like they're getting younger which is a dangerous combination like these other teams are getting better fair enough they're getting older the Chief, and, and they're losing their picks, right? The Chiefs are somehow getting younger and hopefully better. We saw the draft last year and what they were able to do. And if they do that again, uh, they're, they're pretty well set up. So I think, you know, and I'll throw out one thing too. I know this is kind of off the cuff, but um, I mentioned this on, on the Arrowhead Ag podcast. Um, I wonder if as the, the more Tyron Matthews sits on the market, I have no inside info on this. I've tried to get some. I have no idea. Like, I wonder if the Chiefs would say, hey, Tyron, Want to come back in a two-year deal? Because he can play slot, and so can Justin Reed at times. And they love playing three safeties. Like, would you would you roll a three-safety look out there with Thornhill, Reed, and Matthew and just have one of them drop into the slot? I'll tell you what, if you're a quarterback, it's a hard defense to figure out what's coming because they can all do a bunch of different things. It's a great way to disguise it. I don't know if they do it. I have no idea if they'll do it. But the more he sits out there, the more I think about, you know, if you're the Chiefs, it's not the worst phone call in the world to make. I came to that same conclusion at, at Justin Reed's press conference. He absolutely glowed over Tyron Matthew for like seven, eight minutes, maybe, and about how his pregame speeches, how the knowledge he brings to the game, his attitude that he brings to the game. We're talking purely on-field antics right now. We're talking not off-the-field stuff, but on the field. I mean, what other options? 
that, that has to be like one of the top options out there, unless you like uh, Landon Collins or Deshaun Elliott more. Or yeah. but Tyron so, knows look, the, the defense. Landon Collins is a is a linebacker at this point. I don't. I don't That's know. what I'm saying. I'm like, ugh, no. I got to tell you too. <laughs> they <laughs> could have signed him three years ago. They did not try to. They signed mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew. If I'm Kansas City. I'm at least having that conversation in the in the front office. Like, hey, we need another DB. And we know what Tyron Matthew is. We know how well-respected he is. That guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, that guy is an all-decade player, three-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. If, I, like, if I'm Kansas City, I'm at least debating internally, hey, what if we bring this guy back? Because we – we play a million three safety looks anyway. Thornhill's cheap. Reed, comparatively to his talent, is fairly cheap. And if you bring back Matthew and you basically just guarantee two years, you can rotate those guys in at slot, at free, at, at, at strong. Like it gives you, it gives you a lot of versatility. And Reed and Matthew played together; they know each other. So I look. I think if you're the Chiefs and you're looking at your options, this is not the worst option in the world. I really, I, I think they actually should consider it. Now, whether they will, I, I don't know. But I, I think it's something worth looking into anyway. Improving the should be more important than getting another safety, I think, right? Oh, I think so. But my point is with Matthew, he and Reed play slot corner at times. So in, in 11 personnel and there's three receivers out there, like you could drop one of those dudes down as a slot corner and play Fenton and Snead outside. Now, maybe the Chiefs don't want to do that. Maybe they just want a guy who's a pure corner, and that's fine. But those guys also have man-to-man skills you can utilize. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring in Matthew thinking that, oh, they're just safeties. I'd bring in those guys thinking, okay, hey, like, one of these dudes can slide over and play slot. It's, it's an out-of-the-box idea. I'm not saying I think – like, I wouldn't bet that they're going to do it, but – I think if you're Kansas City, would, would you rather have that scenario or would you rather draft a second-round corner? I mean, I, I, I personally rather have that scenario. Now, maybe they just say, look, we believe in our coaching staff. We believe in the ability to, to, to get these guys up and ready. And that's fine. They have a track record of doing it with their corners. But I, I would at least banter the idea around a little bit. Okay, I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on right now. And, and you can join me if you want to or, or just say I'm crazy. If we're interested in Patrick Peterson and we bring in Patrick Peterson, I, I think that immediately grabs Tyron Matthew to come back in because of their relationship of uh, being so close and playing in Arizona. And then you got those two guys in your DB room who has more knowledge than those two guys in every aspect of the defense in the game. I think you'd be hard pressed financially to do it, but I also think they are really close. And I, I think it depends, man. Like Tyron Matthews still sitting out there tells you that there's maybe not the market that he was hoping there would be. I mean, I would be surprised at this point if he gets a huge contract. Like I, if he gets Marcus Williams money, I'd be shocked. I, I don't think that's happening. So, you know, if he's sitting out there and look, man, like, it ends up being one of these things. It's like two and 25 or something. If you're the chiefs, again, your defense needs to be excellent. Look at the division. Like you're like right now, if you're the chiefs, you've got to be in, in one way saying, Hey, look, we're still the favorite in the division, which I think they are. 
because they've won it six years in a row and they have the best quarterback, the best coach, the best offensive line. And I think, I think the best weapons. I mean, if you lined up all the weapons in the AFC West, the top two are in Kansas city. They are. So then, you, you know, if you want to argue Devontae Adams, that's fine. Like I'd respect that. That's fine. I, I think, you know, Hill and, and Kelsey have such a track record with, with, with Mahomes, but Adams has been amazing. But I, I think overall, if you, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm just trying to get better defensively, however I can do it. And if they could fit those guys, great. I think, I think, look, no matter what you do, however you do it, you've got to get a corner. Like they, they just cannot go into the draft with this group of corners. It's a disaster. Is there any, is there anybody else that's due for extension besides Tyree that can maybe help the cap situation so the Chiefs can maybe explore that option of bringing in Pearson and Matthew? Well, I mean, the obvious answer would be Orlando Brown, who's on the cap. But the way Brett Veach has talked about that publicly, it sounds like they're not expecting to sign him until July or June. Um, you know, he's, he kind of talks about, hey, these deals, they take a lot of good dunks. They're so big, kind of like Chris Jones or, or Patrick Mahomes. And those deals happened in, in July, if I remember correctly. So I think, you know, that's something that could take a while. Now, Tyreek, for sure. After that, I don't know, trying to go off the top of my head, I don't think there's anybody that you can look at. I mean, they can always restructure certain deals, right? I mean, that's something that they're always able to do. Um, but those would be the two. I mean, Tyreek and Brown, where you look at them and go, okay, Tyreek, if you extend him, you're probably opening up around 14, 15 in space. Brown, you're probably at least opening up 10. So, I mean, that's I mean, it's $25 million. You're, you're talking, you could sign four guys who are pretty damn good with that amount of money. Are, are you out of the, the Darius Smith uh, camp or – do we do we have any knowledge of what happened there? Did he just change his mind? Seems was it like he failed physical? Was it? I've not heard that he failed the physical. And usually, if he fails the physical, the team will kind of let people know that, so it doesn't look like they just got left at the altar. Um, I have not heard anything about him failing the physical. Now, if I'm the Chiefs, yeah, I'd bring him in all day long. Like, they need an edge rusher. Like, I, like to me, edge and corner should be just. I don't care. Like whatever it takes. You're in an arms race in this conference. And look, I was on Twitter the other day and got a little bit of heat for it, and that's fine. Like, right now, the Bills have a better roster. Now. They do. They're better defensively than the Chiefs. Now, offensively, they're not better. The offensive line's better in KC. The quarterback, I mean, look, Allen's phenomenal. But Mahomes has beaten him in both games that have ever mattered. And I think he's a touch better. He's more consistent. Um, the backs are about even with those two teams. Obviously, the Chiefs have the advantage now at, at, at tight end and certainly at the depth of receiver. So Kansas City's better offensively, but Buffalo is better defensively. I mean, there's just no two ways. They are much better defensively. But if the Chiefs were to get a Zedarius Smith and then grab a corner, I think it swings back to KC. I think it's really close. Like it's a 1A, 1B thing. For all the stuff that's happened in the AFC, not just the West, but the whole conference, to me, those are still the two best teams. Like, I respect what the Chargers have done. I respect what Denver's done. I respect what Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland have done. But those teams are not Buffalo and Kansas City. Those those two are still there. And for the Chiefs to ever get a one seed with the way the divisions are right now, like they got to load up. They got to beat Buffalo when they play them, and they've got to load up. And right now, offensively, they're loaded. But defensively, they're still missing a couple of pieces. Yeah, and this is what I said about Denver, man. Um, I told people this. Yes, getting Russell Wilson is huge, like, because – um, I think us as a whole on the podcast said that Denver was a quarterback away from at least getting back in the race as far as the division is concerned. Yep. And 
they did just that. But I said, it's not going to happen this year. Like, it's going to take a minute. Like, it may take a while for Russell Wilson to get acclimated with his new teammates, his new coaching staff and all that. So I'm thinking, like, maybe the year after we might be able to say something. But um, just just thinking it's going to be a hot pocket right away, nah, I don't think so. But they'll contend. You know what? I think with them, the interesting thing is, so their offensive line is not good. Like that, that's a problem. It's been a problem for Wilson Seattle for years. It's not good now. Their weapons are really good. Uh, their receivers are underrated. The back is good. Javante Williams is a good back. Uh, defensively, it's kind of weird. Like defensively, I, I thought the Chargers really knocked it out of the park of free agency. I love J.C. Jackson. I think I think Sebastian Joseph Day is a really good player. I thought the Randy Gregory signing signing was insane, like, and I and I felt that way when that contract came down, and it was with Dallas. So this isn't like some bias. I mean, it's just five years, 70 million. Can anybody, I'm, I'm sure one of you guys know, like how many career sacks does he have? Does anybody know off the top of their head? Oh, top of my head, no. Slow. But I, was, I, but, but I, do, I do remember. Six, he's got 16, 16 and a half sacks. That's yeah. it? Man, it's 30 years old. It's yeah, 30 years I'm, old, 16 and a half sacks. Because you remember that playoff game. Times too, right? Yeah, the playoff yeah, game but, where you got more penalties than any. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those penalties were egregious. <laughs> look, man, I, I, I know it, you know what. There's there's certain reasons that media guys hype up players because whatever they're doing a favor for the agent. Randy Gregory, I'm sorry, like that guy is not worth five years, seven million. He's just not. I don't care. There's no just sixteen and a half, sixteen and a half seconds. I mean, Chris Jones had that in a year. It's Randy Gregory's career. He and look, I hope the dude, for all intents and purposes, looks like he's straight in his life out, and that's great. God bless him. Hope he did. Hope he stays on the right path. But from a football standpoint, like he had six and a half sacks last year. He played with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. You had six and a half sacks. You're Frank Clark. Like six yeah. and a half sacks. What are we talking about? So to me, like I think Denver defensively, look, Chubb's a really good player when he's healthy. Simmons is excellent. Sertan's a really good young corner. They're gonna miss Vic Fangio defensively. Like, that team defensively was way better, way better than the, than the sum of its parts, right? Like, that was not – that wasn't that Super Bowl defense they had where they had, like, eight guys who were all pros. This defense is much more like, okay, hey, look, it's a system, it's a scheme. Now you bring in Nathaniel Hackett, who's an offensive coach. Now, Hackett may end up being great, may end up being terrible. I have no idea. But he's not Vic Fangio from a defensive That's another thing. That's another thing, like – they is uh, another thing I question is that is the Denver is Denver gonna stick with the sort of what Fangio brought to their defense or are they gonna switch up their philosophy a bit? That's another thing you got a question with Denver. Well, it is. I mean, look, that's the same thing with the Raiders, right? Like Rich Bisaccia kind of had this magical run with them. They discard him for Josh McDaniels. Now I'm not gonna sit here and hold what happened ten years ago against Josh McDaniels, but like I, I don't know if he's a good coach. I don't know as a head coach if Josh McDaniels is a good option. I don't know with Denver if Nathaniel Hackett's going to be a good head coach. Everybody always assumes these guys are going to come in and be great. What if they come in, they're Adam Gase? Then what? What if Adam Gase? Right? Like, not, they might, maybe the guy's the second coming of Vince Lombardi. Maybe he's the second coming of Richie Coe type. Like, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. And if, if, if Hackett comes in and it doesn't work, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of up a creek. I mean, that is the one other advantage Chiefs have in this division. Andy Reid, and look, you could criticize him all you want for that Cincinnati game. I'm right there at the, at the front of the line. But he is a 
far more accomplished, far better coach than anybody in that division. I mean, it's not even close. I think that's the biggest advantage anybody in the division has is Kansas City a coach. Yep, for sure. Now, uh, I, w- I want to talk about Justin Reed for a bit. Um, you know, Justin Reed, like you had mentioned, uh, he's a versatile guy. You know, he can play the deep third, he can play the slot, and all of that. Um, at 25 years old, I feel like we got a great deal for him uh, moving forward. Um, what's just what's his ceiling under in his defense under Spags as far as him being a player? I, I think he's a Pro Bowl level talent. I really do. I mean, he's been he's been really, really good for years on a Houston team that's been awful, that has been changing out coaches left and right, changing out systems. I mean, keep in mind, right, this is a guy who the last three years, I mean, how many head coaches has he had, right? He went from Bill O'Brien, then they had Cornell as an interim, then they had Cully, now they have another guy. I mean, you, you're constantly changing that roster, seeing so much turnover. Justin Reed's been one of the constants on that team. I can, I've can. i always enjoyed his game. I've always thought he was a good player. Now he goes to a team that, look, he's going to walk into a new system, but that's a system they've been playing for years, right? So I think there with Thornhill, he can really he can really make some strides. He is not who Tyron Matthew is because Tyron Matthew, again, I think he's walking into the Hall of Fame one day. Okay, Justin Reed is not going to go to the Hall of Fame. But – if you said to me, are you get the next three years, could Justin Reed be as good or better than Tyron Matthew? Yeah, he could be because he's five years younger. Right? Like you're paying for the best of Justin Reed's career. At least you think you are, right? The prime of his career. Tyron Matthew, you just got the best of his career. Like it's very unlikely Tyron Matthew is going to be better over the next three than he was the previous. Whereas with Justin Reed, you would think coming into a stable situation, a really good team, all the rest of it, you'd think it would work out and that he should have some really good years ahead of him. Uh, we were talking last week uh, a question. Who would you take in there, Brian? Uh, Tyron Matthew or Eric Berry? That's a good question, man. Eric Berry, God, nobody's falling off the face of the earth faster. It feels like he, he just like walked away and that was the end of it. Um, yeah. Pro- you know what, man? <laughs> probably, probably Eric Berry in the, in the prime of his career. And that's not a knock on Matthew because I think Matthew is a phenomenal player. But Barry, when he before he got hurt and he was at like the peak of his power, I mean, that guy, that 2016 season is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like he was winning them games on defense. I mean, that whole year at the pick two and the pick six, that pick six in Carolina where he made like 12 guys. Mid, I mean, it was just Eric, Eric Barry, because I think they were both great leaders, so they kind of cancel out there. But man, Barry just had that way about him. You know, it's, I always thought with him, if he didn't get hurt, he would have been one of the greatest safeties of all time. Like, really would have been. Just had everything. Had everything. Could do absolutely everything. But I'll tell you, you know, not a lot of fall off going from him to Matthew. I mean, really, right there. You could go either way. Now, I want to go back to this question that was in the chat here uh, by Reginald. He said, are there any under-the-radar defense tackles, defense ends, or quarterbacks out there besides the, the ones we just mentioned earlier in the show? I'd have to really think about it. I'd have to look at a list, see who's – it's hard to keep up. Like, it feels like guys could sign the, like every second. Um, <laughs> I, JPP? I, yeah, I mean, you know, look – He's an interesting guy. It's a good call. Trey Flowers is out there. Now, look, Trey Flowers was, was 
was nonsense in Detroit, but it's Detroit. I mean, that happens. So when I think a flyer on him, maybe I'm not a big Jadavian Clowney guy. I never have been. I'm not to me, like, dude, he's hurt all the time. All the time. And like he's never had a double digit sack year. I'd rather take a flyer on JPP. Um I believe Dunlap. Who's uh, that? Uh, Carlos Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap's an interesting dude. Yeah. I mean, he played well in Seattle. Um, you know, I think I think, you know, there are still some guys out there. Like there are some edge guys out there that you could look at. I'll give you a name. I don't think they're gonna do it. Justin Houston. I don't think they'll do it. Justin Houston's uh... still He's still good, man. He's still good. We know that like, ain't gonna happen, man. It's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. It's uh, not gonna happen. You're right. Yeah. It's not. But he's, but he's out there, right? And he's. But I, I think a corner, corner is a little tougher. Corner, I think a lot of those names, like the kind of the names we talked about, I think are kind of the main names. Maybe there's a guy or two I'm forgetting. If I had the list in front of me, maybe I'd go, oh, yeah, that guy, you know, he's a good player. But, um, I think you've kind of. Corner's tough because there's a steep drop off. Like you're either good or you're not a corner. There's very few guys you're like, ah, he's all right. You're either like that guy can cover or that guy's a major liability. Um, and I think there are some guys out there who can cover, but the Chiefs need to. Get did, did did Kyle Fuller resign? Did he go somewhere? I don't think so. I think he's still out there. Oh, okay. Hey, hey Matt, I've been thinking that uh, Veach he's always aggressive with trades. Do you still think it's a possibility? Oh yeah. Oh yeah nobody is more aggressive than Brett Veach when it comes to this stuff. And I mentioned Daniel Hunter earlier. If I'm the Chiefs, I, I really – now, look, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe he stays with the Vikings, and I know they got you know they got to pay him soon. So, you know, it, it appears he'll stay there. But I think if you're the, if you're the Chiefs, you're, you're knocking on every door. You're calling – I mean, look, nobody in the world thought they were going to be able to trade for Orlando Brown last year, okay, myself included. I mean, nobody thought Baltimore would trade him. But – I mean, I remember reporting on that. The Chiefs basically called them every day for like two or three weeks and just annoyed them to the point. I was like, fine, what does he offer? And then they got on a they got on a draft calculator, an online draft calculator, and that's how they figured out what the conversation was. So I mean, that's what they did. They, you know, they, they got the two front officers used a draft calculator online and figured out how to how to make it happen. So I think there's always there's always going to be interest, right? Like if I if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not saying that they, they would trade. I'd call Carolina and just find out. Hey, what's the price on Brian Burns? What's the price? Maybe the price is prohibitive. Maybe it's not. You know, I, if I'm them, I'm making those phone calls. Like I'm, um, Iadinus is another guy out of, out of Washington who is a free agent who I think at least you, you you check in on. Like I think for the Chiefs, edge and corner. I mean, I'll just keep beating that drum, but I think they can make a trade. Sure, I mean they they have the picks; they could do it. And, and so I, I think if you're Veach and, and knowing the way that front office works, yeah, they'll be making their phone calls. They'll be they'll be seeing this available. Okay, so Brent Veach usually uh, only makes what six picks a draft. We have currently what ten picks. Yep. Is it ten or eleven? I think it's ten. I think. How many picks do you think he makes on uh, the draft weekend? No more than seven. I mean, he, where are they going to put these guys? Their roster's too good. Like, that's the problem with it, right? Everybody loves to hoard these picks. Everybody's always screaming about trading back. Oh, I get 15 picks. Okay. You're going to have 70 roster spots? Where are they going? Like, what, you're going you're gonna to put them on a left bench? Because there's no other play. Like, you're not, you're not doing yourself a favor if you're the Chiefs 
by having 10, 12 draft picks. You're just not going to be able to put all these guys on the team, right? Like in a, in a perfect utopian world, yeah, everybody you draft is great and everybody's going to replace a vet, but that's not going to happen. Like the further back you get, like I did a study on this once, like just kind of an informal study. If you once you get into like the sixth round, the seventh round, the odds of you hitting on an impact player, like a guy who will ever make a Pro Bowl, are like two percent. It is just at that point, it's so hard. Now, to be fair, the Chiefs have found a couple guys like that. Like Trey Smith last year, sixth round pick that he felt because of medicals. There, yep. there are people in the league who thought he was worthy of a, of a late first that I spoke to, but I mean, he fell medically. But once you get past like pick one fifty, you're like there's usually most most GMs feel like. There's a certain number. So, like, last year, I remember the cutoff was, like, 75. People thought after the first 75 picks, there was a big drop. This year, it might even be a little higher than that. It might be, like, maybe the first couple of rounds because the class isn't that deep. So, I think for the Chiefs, like we talked about earlier, if you have one of those third-round picks in your head and you're like, we can move up in the first round. We can move up six, seven spots and get a guy we love compared to a guy that we like. Like, I, I think you do it. The other thing about staying in the first round, and it's an underrated point, Pick 32 is a hell of a lot more valuable than pick 33. Why? Because it has a fifth-year option attached to it. That matters to GM. That is cost control for a year. So if you're the Chiefs, I don't want to trade out of the first round. Because if I'm trading back out of the first round, I'm losing a year of cost control. With all the contracts that team has, you need that year. That's huge. So I, I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. So, like, as far as um, as far as how the AOC West picture looks as of now before the draft and everything, like, what order would you have the AFC West right now as far as, like, who would finish? Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I Look, I think the Raiders have gotten better talent-wise. Chandler Jones is great. He's better than Yannick Ngakwe, and Devontae Adams is amazing. The problem is everybody else on defense, it's not Chandler Jones or Max Crosby. They're not stopping anybody defensively. I, I know they have a great edge rush. That's fantastic. It doesn't matter if your corners are beat in a second. They they can't guard you. I mean, that that's the thing. And then with Adams, look, their, their weapons are great, man. You've got Adams and, and Renfro and Waller and Carr's an underrated quarterback. The line's so-so. They're going to score their points. I just don't – first of all, I don't buy McDaniels. He's got to prove to me that he's a good head coach before I buy into Josh McDaniels. Because, I, like I said, I'm not holding against uh, – I'm not holding it against what happened in Denver, but I also remember what happened in Denver. The Broncos <laughs> – like, I, I, I really like Wilson. I'm higher on him than a lot of people. That being said, it is a new team. It's a new head coach. It's a first-time head coach. It's a defense I think is going to take a big step back because Fangio's not there. Um, I think Denver's a good team. I think Denver's a playoff team. But I think that's what they – I think they're going to win like 10 games. The Chargers – I mean, <laughs> we're here every year with the Chargers where they are the Super Bowl champion in April every year. Every year. Boy, and then the season boy. starts and they lose to Houston. And we end up in the same spot. Now, I love Herbert. I love the talent. This, their offensive line outside of Slater and Lindsley still scares the hell out of me. Um, the only thing that scares me at them offensively with Allen and Williams is both guys have injury histories. If one of them gets hurt, it's a hell of a lot easier to defend that offense. Like you just double the other guy and there's nobody beating you at tight end or at slot. So, that said, though, look, I, I love the move of J.C. Jackson. I like Joseph Day coming in there. I think they're like an 11-win team, but I still look at Kansas City. And look, I always, to me, schedule matters, right? If you look at their schedule, I still think it worse if they're 4-2 in the division. I think they're going to beat the Raiders twice. And if they split with the other teams, like, okay, fine. 
I think they're sweeping the AFC South. They get Tennessee at home, and the rest of those teams are horrific. I, I the Colts have no quarterback. I, I'm not, you know, I, I can't take them seriously until they have the quarterback. Jacksonville's better, but I mean, better is relative when you won two games last year, three games last year. And then there's Houston. Like I look at the Chiefs and say, I, I think I think they're probably winning like 12 to 13 games. And if they do that, I think they're the best team in the division. Yeah, so you basically confirmed that the AFC West is going to have three playoff teams this year. I think it will. It might have four. I don't think it will, but it could. Like, I think it's going to have three. And I know Raider fans will hate me for that because it's like, well, we made it last year. Okay, I, sure, I get that. But Baltimore also was 7-2 and two and fell apart. So nobody left to, to field the team with. Like, nobody <laughs> talks about Baltimore and all this. And I get it. Like, look, Lamar is a polarizing dude to a lot of people because he's electric and he's an incredible player. But, like, their passing game is usually meager statistically compared to the teams. But, like, Baltimore is a, a really well-coached team with an, with an electrifying quarterback. Like, th- that team is not just going to win six games next year. Like, everybody's going nuts about Deshaun Watson. Baltimore is better than Cleveland. So mm-hmm. is Cincinnati, by the way. Like, both those teams are better than Cleveland. And Baltimore got better this offseason, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Baltimore and Cincinnati are better than Cleveland. Buffalo is better than the Raiders. Somebody's got to win the AFC South. And so, you know, I'm assuming Tennessee. And then you have the Arctic teams in the AFC West. The crazy thing about the AFC, you're going to have quarterbacks who are legitimate top 10 to 12 guys who don't even make the playoffs. There's just there's no room. Can't get in. It's nuts how good the AFC is. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Deshaun. What are your thoughts on him going to the Browns? So, from a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson certainly makes them better. Now, if he gets suspended, of course, then you know that that's going to take a big chunk out of their year. But um, that aside, from a football standpoint, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's I I tweeted out there, Dick. I don't, and this isn't a knock on him because he's a he's a great talent. I don't know if he's a top five quarterback in the AFC because all the talent is like I don't. Like you look at the AFC, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Wilson. Like you could certainly make the case he's top five guy, but like I could also make a fairly strong case he's not. Right, so you're giving up two hundred and thirty million guaranteed for Deshaun Watson. Who look talent wise, talent wise, he is deserving of that kind of money. He is an upper echelon player. There are no criminal. Charges being filed against him. All those complaints were dropped in the Texas grand jury. There are 22 civil suits still against him. I think you are taking a big gamble based on where he's at right now. Like, and I'm not, I'm not a judge or a juror. I'm not going to sit here and say if I think he's guilty. It doesn't matter. I think that it makes no difference. It's not important. What is important is that's his reality. And if you're Cleveland, you're taking a big risk. You are. I mean, there's no two ways about that. If this doesn't work out and you go seven and 10 the next two years because either he was suspended part of one year or, you know, whatever, the team's not going to around him or he disappoints for whatever reason, you're going to have people screaming about a very controversial move that ended up in you doing nothing. I mean, that, and, and, and you've got nowhere to go with that contract. That's not like Pat Mahomes' contract where you can move money down the line. That is all in five years guaranteed. You're not restructuring that contract. That is what it is. So they've they've put themselves in a spot. Now maybe it works out for them, but it's a it's a it's a very very big game. All right, I'm gonna push back on uh, what you said about um, who's it's the best quarterback in the division. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit because I Deshaun, you know, before he sat out a year and had to go through what he had to go through, um, this man was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think he almost – he threw for like 33 touchdowns, only seven picks, and threw for over 4,500 yards. Something ridiculous. He had a ridiculous year in Houston. Yep. And this was despite of Houston being terrible because you got to remember, Bill O'Brien – Drug that team into the ground when he took over as the GM as well. Like, oh, oh, like yeah. the DeAndre Hopkins trade and all the other moves they made, man, that put Deshaun in the Bible. Deshaun, he had to basically do some heavy lifting, and he kept to Texas in a lot of those games. They just couldn't close just because they didn't have the talent. So I think in Cleveland, you know, if he doesn't serve suspension for a long time or everything, you know, they, they got better talent across the board, in my opinion, than what he had in Houston. Um, I know DeAndre Hopkins, he's a better receiver than Amari Cooper, probably. But other than that, they got the backfield. They got a better offensive line. Uh, defensively, you still got Miles Garrett there. Um, you got other talent as well. You got Denzel Ward there still. So, you know, if things go well, man, I think Cleveland can – they can mess around and win the division. But, you know, I don't know. I take the shine in that division as far as quarterbacks over Lamar and Joe Burrow. But that's just me. If, if he suspended – Six to eight games, will it even matter though? Because if you start off two and four in in this conference, I think you're done. That's it's not going to be no zero and five and coming back to make the playoffs. Not not with these lineups across the conference. Like you, you got to be on it from day one. It's still worth it for them to make that trade, though. I mean, they had Baker. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. But I don't think this year might be a wash because. If he's suspended for a long time, then you're already behind the eight ball in, in murderer's row in the AFC. From from a football standpoint, there is no arguing Cleveland's not a better football team. Cleveland is clearly a better football team. Deshaun Watson is twice the quarterback Baker Mayfield could dream of being. Like, no, like yeah, I mean, there's no arguing. Five times that. There's no, there's no arguing that. Now, look, I would, I would take – Deshaun Watson, the, the football player, over Joe Burrow. I don't. I think. I think he's he's far more talented. Look, the big lie of the playoffs last year was Joe Burrow being unbelievable. He was not unbelievable in the playoffs. Now I give him credit. He took. He was tough as hell. I mean, he took shots. That Tennessee game. That's one of the toughest performances I've ever seen. That dude. He got sacked nine times, and he got sacked twice when they called to delay a game. Like, he got sacked eleven times in that football. Game. It was insane. Um. But he they, they never scored 30 points in a playoff game. Like they, they were not great off. Their defense was what got them to the Super Bowl more than anything else. I would take Deshaun Watson's player over Burrow. Now, I think Jackson Jackson's interesting because he's so hard. It depends on, like, what you want out of your quarterback. Like, if you said to me, who do I want to go 80 yards in two minutes? Deshaun Watson, right? I want Deshaun Watson. If you said to me, though, if you're – like, let's just say, okay, you're a Chiefs fan. Who do you, who would you rather play in a playoff game? Watson, because Jackson scares the hell out of you. Like he's just one of those kinds of dudes, man. You could be in a game, and you could defend everything right, and it doesn't matter because he just takes off for thirty yards, and there's no stopping it. Like it is, it is a it is, he's so unique and he's so dynamic. I mean, hell, that's why he's the only unanimous MVP in NFL history, right? So, but it, that I think that's the fun of the AC right now, like. If you, if, if you lined up 20 people who follow the NFL and you should power rank the quarterbacks in the AFC 1 to 10, you get 10 different responses. Like, it is just nuts how good they all are. 
And it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I look, I think Deshaun Watson from again, talent wise, no, no question. The guy, he can ball. He led the league in passing yards and then went four and 12. But I don't know. I mean, it's, there's just a lot more with Deshaun Watson right now than just football. Fair or not. Like that's reality, right? There's more to it than that. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, obviously waiting to see like everybody else is how it all unfolds and what happens. Yeah, and I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, too, because, I mean, it's easy to pick on Lamar Jackson, you know, the whole he's a running back jokes and all the other nonsense. But I have said this from the beginning. This dude has never had a legit wide receiver number one, like a legit outside threat. Everyone talking about Marquise Brown. Look, Marquise Brown is a midget, okay? He wouldn't be a wide receiver one on any other team right now. Let's be honest, okay? And I said this before. I said, if you give Lamar Jackson somebody like the talent of healthy Julio Jones, you see where this Ravens team goes. That's just my opinion. Based on what Lamar has done with an all-pro, just an all-pro tight end as a weapon on offense, that's incredible to me. I'm sorry. He still has one of the highest winning percentages in the league since he got in the NFL. So, hey, Matt, his teammates love him. His coaches yeah. love him. And I'll say this for the guy. Like, he wins. I mean, he wins. Like, you say whatever you want. The guy wins, which I, I get, you know, people argue back and forth. This QB wins a stat, whatever. But yeah. I don't care what it is. Like, they win football games. And last year, that team was 7-2 and two with, the, with with us playing out there. Okay? They had nobody. And they're winning games left and right. And, they, look, they were winning some weird games, some crazy games. That's fine. But they were winning them. They were winning the football games. And he has a, it's not like it was just some flash to pan. Like, he's been winning every year of his career. I think I'll say this. Like, if I were the Ravens, and this was my initial reaction to the Devontae Adams deal, I was thinking to myself, if I'm Baltimore, I would have done that. From the Ravens, go get Devontae Adams for Lamar Jackson. Go get the man a one. Because I agree with you, Chuck. Like, they've had nobody. Now, I think part of it is I real I do think part of it is he is a little bit more limited in the passing game than than a guy like an Allen or a Mahomes or Herbert. But yeah. I mean, hell, who isn't? Yeah. Right? Like who's yeah. not? Um, but it is also fair to be like, come on, man. Like, stop with this. Oh, we got Willie Sneed out here. Like, <laughs> Willie Sneed? I mean, everybody, every Chief fan in the world sitting there, like, you got Hill and Kelsey, and everybody's like, it's not enough. They need another guy. Like, Lamar Jackson's got to be like, not another guy. Like, I'll, t- I'll take McCall Hardman. Like, he'd be the best receiver on that team. Like, it's, it's crazy. So, I, I agree with you on that. Like, they, they have not done him any favors in terms of getting wide receiver help. And it's more impressive under a great Roman offense, too, because yeah. oh, yeah. great Roman, oh, my gosh, this is the reason why he's been on so many different teams in the league as offense coordinator. Because, like, it, it, this offense gets stale throughout the course of it. The Lamar is on, the, on the, to the outside, man. It's hard to scheme up. <sighs> Don't start, man. I, I'm, we're going to move past that. Look, man, (laughs) Lamar Jackson is a polarizing figure on this podcast. (laughs) He's a a polarizing figure. If I called 10 sources in the league tonight and said, what do you think Lamar Jackson? I'd probably get five where they should extend him 40 plus million dollars a year. And I get five other ones who'd be like, they should should trade him or they should tag him. I think, I think to me, he's a unique talent. He's, he's a, he's a winner. The guy's a leader. I've never heard anybody in the league say a bad word about him. Like I, to me, like he's he is a very very talented. Like I always go, I always judge it off this. If he was a free agent, what contract would he get? 
he would get paid. He would get paid. He would get paid as much as anybody in the NFL. Okay. Now, if Baker Mayfield hit free agency, he'd get a nice deal, but he wouldn't get paid like that. Like he would, he, because he's a quarterback, he would get paid nicely, right? But like, he wouldn't get paid handsomely. He would not be forty million plus a year. Okay, it's the same kind of thing with Kyler Murray. Now Kyler Murray, I think, falls in between those two guys. But like, look, I like Kyler Murray. But all this stuff about like him and his agent trying to leverage the Cardinals, like, bro, you went to one playoff game and got just roundhoused. Like you, the, you've trailed off. Not only you, but the team. Like both of you, year after year after year. Now. I think it's ludicrous that they extended Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's like Cliff Kingsbury is not an upper echelon head coach. Okay. The man had Patrick Mahomes in college and couldn't win games. I'm sorry. Now what? Like, and then you go to Arizona and you've got all this talent with Kyler Murray. You can't, you can't do nothing. You can't win a division. You can't win a playoff game. So to extend him and not Kyler is crazy, but like, also, if Kyler hit the market, would he get paid? Yeah, he would. He's really, really talented. He wouldn't get Lamar money, though. Like, Lamar would get more than Kyler Murray. So that's how I always look at it. Let's not act like Lamar doesn't have a Super Bowl winning coach in one playoff win. Got a great coach. Yeah, he got a, he's got his great coach, but let's also not act like John Harbaugh didn't blow some of them games last year either. But he got like that green, like that Green Bay game, that Green Kyle Bay game. Should have won that. I don't know. There was another. There was another game that should have won the season. Same okay, Pittsburgh day with these two. <laughs> okay, um, and Matt, we appreciate you being on today. I know we got limited time, and and congratulations on your wife uh, being pregnant and. God bless you and God bless your uh, your potential uh, daughter. Kid, whatever. I don't know. What to say. Daughter number two. But, oh, um, yeah. Let's, let's end on the 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 Baker Mayfield situation. Um, you always should be in the position to upgrade your quarterback, right? Or upgrade any player. Yes. Was Cleveland wrong? To, to go out, should they have talked to him more or should they weren't wrong to no. pursue Deshaun Watson, were they? No. So, look, what, here's what I would say about Cleveland, and this is a situation that is a, a delicate answer, but I would put it this way. That what they should have done is simply said to him, which reportedly, some reports say they even did this, to be fair. Okay. Some say they didn't, some say they did, whatever. Go to him privately, go to his agent, and say, look, we, if Deshaun Watson does not have charges brought against him in criminal court, we are going to approach him because he is a top-flight quarterback. You are in the last year of your contract, and we owe it to ourselves to do the due diligence to talk to him. Exactly. Now, if Baker flips out about that, well, that's on Baker, but that's business, okay? I work at Fanside. I'm an NFL guy. If, if they said, hey, Matt, listen, we're going to talk to Peter King, I get it. Like, I understand that it's Peter freaking King, okay? And I am not him. So I get that. But if you then, if, if Baker's finding this out, as some have said, basically secondhand, and the Browns are on a flight down to Houston, that's a rough look. Like, nobody wants to find out like that, right? So I, I understand it. I think what happened with the Browns was they were not going to get him. And Baker comes out and says, I want to be traded. And the Browns can say all day long, you're not going to trade him. But let's be real now. Okay, if you're Baker, you're not going to go back there. you got to save face. You can't right. save face walking back into that locker room. Nobody's thinking you're the guy. They tried to trade you. They, or they tried, to, they tried to move on from you. 
So they were going to have to trade him, which is why I think the Browns basically just said, look, man, whatever you want, like, whatever you like, all this stuff that he went there because he thinks they can win. They got a roster. That's all bull. He went there for what every other player goes to a team for. He went there because of money, which is fine. That's it's his job. It's his job. People go for jobs and money all the damn time. Okay. I think Cleveland had every right, just like any other club, to look into him and to do what they had to do. Now, how you feel about that in terms of what's going on allegedly off the field, they that's that's to each their own, right? And and I and I and I'll leave it at that. But from a football standpoint, I think you go to him and his agent privately, you tell him what's going on. And, and, and then you try to do, you know, you, listen, it's going it's to get out that you're talking to Sean Watson. If you try to be as, as, as you know, professional and discreet about it as you can be, you go from there. Um, I thought kind of like the Falcons did with Matt Ryan, to be honest. And I thought the Browns did themselves a disservice in that regard. But in the end, from a football standpoint, let's be real. Come on. I mean, he's a much better football player. I don't like the way the Browns went about it. I think there are some things – I'm going to write about my columns for tomorrow morning about this. But I think in the end, you, you'd be lying if you said they're not better on the football field. Of course they are. And Baker is not a, a – Matt Ryan, he, he hasn't did that much for Cleveland for them to owe him that type of respect either. He's not Matt Ryan. But I think you owe any employee the respect of sitting down with them and explaining where you're at. Like, I, I think – especially when you know that that is going to affect that person's livelihood, right? Like – He's not just going to sit down. He's going to get traded. He's got to move. His whole family, the whole deal. Like, I think they owe it to Tim to say it to him. Now, they don't owe it to him not to explore the possibility. That That's business. That's football. That's the way it is. This is the NFL. Okay? This isn't this isn't some some little thing down the street with 12 employees. This is the National Football League. And people get hurt feelings all the time. Um, but you have to have those adult conversations. Now, Mayfield, look, I will say this. If I was him... And I don't think he's always been the most mature guy in the world. Like, that's a fair knock. But when you got Cleveland leaking out to Chris Morton, they want an adult in the room with everything else that's gone on allegedly off. Like, that is – if I'm Baker, yeah, that's that's a, that's a shot across the bow, right? And an unnecessary shot across the bow. Like, there's no need – even if you feel that way, I don't know that that's got to be leaked out to the media. Yeah, that was a shocker that they got leaked. That was That was a low blow, actually. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, that, like, come on. And look, if you want to sit there and say Baker's immature, fine, fine. I'm not going to even argue that. But I, I, I think you're leaking that out to Chris Morton's at ESPN. That's <laughs> why. Like, what is the point in that? You know, it's, all you got to say is, hey, look, we're just trying to get a quarterback that we feel is a better player. And we're all going to, okay, fine. No one's going to argue that. Everybody thinks Sean Watson's a better football player than Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield's family thinks that. Like, I mean, come on. Everybody's got eyes, so I, I think that's all they had to say. Like the, when you start, it's a, it's the same thing that happened with Kyler Murray in Arizona when he wanted the extension, and it started getting leaked out of Arizona, like all this stuff about him as a person. It's like why, why? Like what are you? You're, you're just poisoning the well, right? Like you're not. There's nothing you're gaining out of that. Just be like, look, we're not going to extend them right now. We're going to wait. Okay, fine, fine. There's no reason to start like going like personal with the guy. That that I think crosses a line. Yep. Bottom line is this. Cleveland's trying to win, people. They tired of losing. <laughs> They've been doing a lot of that. <laughs> hey, Matt, man, we, we, we are blessed and, 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 and uh, appreciate your appearance, man. And, and you went a little bit longer than, than we agreed to, but and we appreciate every second of it. Um, 
uh, we we like your work. We appreciate your work, and uh, we're just happy to have you on as a guest, man. And we we want to thank you for coming by today. Hey, no problem, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, thanks, appreciate guys. It, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank Take you. Care. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so, so um, much respect I, for him. I didn't I didn't know he was gonna leave that early. <laughs> nah, but um. <laughs> Everybody knows what time it is. Uh, match March Madness going on. So, Kylie, let's talk about the Tar Heels, yo. Tar let's Heels talk about the Tar Heels. Hold on. Um, I just want to say, because I got to go. Um, okay. I just want to say happy birthday to my pops, uh, Big 60. Uh, yeah. JP. Big 6. Oh. What up? So, um, thank y'all to the team, man. Thank y'all uh, again to Matt. And uh, I'll carry on to your thing. Go KU. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, let's talk about them Tarios though. Sweet 16, big time delegates, Baylor that had overcome through some adversity with the zebras and all that nonsense. Manny getting ejected, that was dumb and all that. He should so, not have had a flagrant too. Yeah, that was I was stupid. so mad. So mad. I was heated, sweating bullets the whole game. Well, all right. I was real comfortable because we had a 25 point lead. And then right. they, you know, eject Brady Manic. And then I was like, it only takes one little thing. College, mm -hmm. like, those runs come quick. And that's exactly what happened. And I did feel like the refs were trying to um, hand it over. I was like, do the refs have money on this game? Like, it certainly, like, it took a, a real quick change. So, overtime win, I'll take it. I honestly, from being completely transparent, I had Baylor winning in my bracket. Um, yep. that's <laughs> just cause I got the money on the line, you know, but, uh, right. Tar Heels, Tar Heels. So I'm, I'm ready for a Thursday. They play Thursday, but then Duke's playing right now. I don't know how they're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. Dana dog fight right now. Uh, don't up two at the moment. First half about to be over 37, 35, but, um, but yeah. So how you feeling about the matchup against UCLA? Sweet 16. You know, they're they're rolling right now. I mean, if they can continue to shoot the way that they're shooting, I I think they got a really good chance. Um, Baycott and Manic both coming through, both strong guys. Um, and if RJ Davis goes off like he did in uh in this last game, I mean, that was the problem with the tournament, is they were shooting like shit. <laughs> they couldn't get anything to go in. They ended up losing that game in the ACC ACC tournament. Um, but then they came out strong, and they're they're making their shots, they're making their free throws, and they're shooting from behind the three point line and making them. So I mean, if they can go in and do that and make those easy shots, then I think they could win. I'm all for it now, since my bracket's already not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I think pretty much everybody's done for the most part with what's been happening. But I know Bay kind of be better from the free throw line. That was horrendous, <laughs> but. And he's a good he's a good good free throw shooter. I don't know. He was just struggling down the down the way. So that was that was rough. But who do you have going all the way? Um, I had Arizona going all the way. Um my original final four was Arizona, UCLA, Auburn, and what was the other one? Damn Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga. Oh yeah. So Oh so you think UCLA will come out strong and beat UNC? Um, that's what I got, but it's going to be a good game. You know what I mean? It's not going to be easy either way. Um, I know North Carolina, you know, they pretty – I'm sure they motivated 
you know, come out that big win. And they're going to give UCLA a run for their money. So we'll see what happens. They just got to – they got to stay consistent. UNC is wildly inconsistent, have been all season. So we'll see what happens. So, so Bug, man, what's going on in your world, man? Nothing, man. Happy Beach made a move. I'm good now. I'm waiting on Gilmore, man. Give me Gilmore. Yeah, That's you... all I want, man. Yeah, I know. You've been wanting this for a while. <laughs> You did his spaces right before the Juju signing got announced, bro. Like, you was just, you just had to bend and get that off your chest, bro. I'm happy we you, did that, man. <laughs> he was listening. He was on the spaces, then he went ahead and did that, man. So we need to. He had a burner account. He had a burner account. Yeah. <laughs> man, I was just happy to see them do something. Like, we kind of all knew it was coming, but for a while I was like, is any, like, hello? Is anyone out? Like, what's happening? So it was like a relief to know, like, okay, there's they're doing things, they're moving. I mean, yeah, we still got some money to spend, man. Let's make something else happen. I just yeah. wonder, like, what's the deal with this Tyreek extension? Like, why is this not done yet? So what I heard is that I heard is I heard is likely to get done early this week. That's what I've heard. Um, just a matter of when it's going to be announced. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, but I just know I'm mad at the Jaguars because they overpaid for Christian Kirk like that, and they reset the wide receiver market. So I'm sure Tyreek going to cost a little more now. But we'll see We'll see what happens when the deal gets announced and the details and all that. So Hopefully Devontae signed and helped it. Yeah, but, but, you know, Devontae got paid, bro. Yeah, but should Tyreek go get paid close? today yeah that's what i'm saying so what was Devonte's deal I um i think it was like i think it was five years a hundred i think it was five years 125.7 mil something like that yeah he got paid it's <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of cheddar yep so, so like, um, so man, it's just funny how Boogie uh, said Bre- was saying Brett Veach was only interested, like he wasn't gonna make no moves. I was, I was the only one to grow patient, bro. And I'm like, dog, something's gonna happen, man. And Country was right on it. Like Country called the Juju signing like mm-hmm. weeks ago, like that was gonna be a thing that happened. And so we got a receiver now. So I think the focus is should certainly be on defense now. But um. I did see a tweet from Gerald McCoy, man. He was being funny, though. He told a joke because somebody asked him, like, uh, what other big transaction is going to happen today? And he said, Chris McCaffrey to the Chiefs. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, hold up, what? He was like, my fault, yeah, right. bad info, bad, bad info. I said, no. <laughs> we don't have near enough money for that. <laughs> we don't need that, yeah. That's... No. No. Plus, I need a running back that's going to be there for 16 games. Um, he hasn't done that in a while. Yeah, no. That's true. Yeah. Struggling with injuries. Hey, speaking of running backs, um, I mean, here, you know, you guys have heard the rumor early this week about maybe Kareem Hunt. There's a possibility he may, the Chiefs may explore bringing him back. I mean, what y'all think about that? Would y'all, would y'all welcome that? Would y'all welcome the option of bringing him back? I mean, I think I would be dumb to say no. <laughs> Welcome him coming back. He's an amazing running back. But I just don't think the Chiefs are going to do it. They made a point by getting rid of him. I just think it's bad for 
the whole look if you bring him back after standing on a soapbox. Like, what do you think, bud? Yeah, I would take him back, but I just think that's dead now, man. How that ended, it's just go, it's bad PR. They're not going to do that. It, it's too many other options they could do. Why even do that? Have those headlines. Man, listen, um, shoot. I mean, the Chiefs done went through it before as far as, like, PR and stuff, and they was able to manage it and everything. Um, we already know about Kareem, you know, off the field stuff and whatnot. Um, but, like, you know, I mean, I would welcome the option. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's for, like, a decent – if the deal's decent enough, I mean, I would welcome it. So. Well, I was going to say, can they even afford him? Yeah, it just kind of depends on where the Chiefs are financially, so. Yeah. I don't know. I just want defensive pieces. <laughs> like Matt was saying, I just want defense, defense, defense. We don't need another wide receiver. I don't want a running back. I just – Please go get an edge rusher, a cornerback, safety, whatever. <laughs> Defense. Yep. I guess I'm with you All on right. that. I mean, I'm more focused on defense myself anyway. But, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at the option of Kareem, you know, being brought back here. So, um, where's Tyron going to finally end up at? Um, I don't know, man. I mean – I think it's a, it's a good it's it's a solid chance that he could end up staying here, the way this, the way the market's turning out for him like it's kind of dry for him at the moment. I, I'll Man. say the Raiders or Tampa. Really, the Raiders that would suck. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's the thing: is like I don't know that he would come back to Kansas City, right? Like. Do we not think there was a little disrespect, or he at least thinks there's a little disrespect there with him not offering him anything that he would even think about coming back? Yeah, knowing I mean, there is that. But you would, but like Matt said earlier in the show, you would think something would have got done already. I mean, Marcus Williams got a big payday, and and at this point, I don't think Tyron's going to get a deal like that or anything close to that. So we'll just have to yeah. find out. He said Boogie not feeling it. But I know Boogie not feeling it. Boogie is tired of seeing his sweet. He's tired done, of his bipolar behavior. <laughs> I think it's done. Like they didn't even offer him a contract, man. Like, mm -hmm. like she said, yeah. I think it's more disrespect. He should be feeling more than anything. I think he's done, man. Yeah. Yeah. And after all the cryptic tweets, I just don't you know backpedal out of that and be like, oh I'm back. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yep, we'll see what happens, y'all. Um, well, Sue, so is there anything else you guys want to cover before you get up out of here? I don't think so. I'm excited for another week of free agency. See what happens yeah. here. Every week we're closer to the draft. OTAs. I mean, football season's basically here. <laughs> it's proved that the NFL is still king, even though it's March Madness right now. It's still king with all this big-time news. Oh, yeah. Man, football, NFL offseason, more exciting than, yeah, all that baseball drama. I was, that's just personal opinion. <laughs> I'd rather read free agency tweets than anything else. Man, a dude gambled and got suspended last week, man. That's like the 10th most talked about thing now. Oh, yeah, Calvin, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that ain't even <laughs> shit no more. 
Brady right. came back watching the been traded. So much shit happening. Man, did we let's talk, talk about, did we talk Brady. about Tom Brady. Did we talk about Tom Brady um changing his mind? No. Did we talk about it on this show? Okay, all right. Let's 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 um let's address that real quick. Okay, so what do you think about Brady pulling this Brett Favre two stuff with the retirement and all that? Did y'all did y'all did y'all feel that there was a chance of that happening before he even announced that he was he changed his mind and is coming back for a twenty third season? I mean, I definitely felt like the way he retired was a little underwhelming for the career he had. So um, it felt like a little like, mm, okay, but like there was still more to be said. Um, and he said it because he's coming back. He was retired for a whole of two minutes. And that was a lot of fun for everybody. And then I start seeing these like lists coming back out and he's back in for the best QBs in the league. And I'm like, remember when he wasn't on the list because he was retired? That was fun. Now he's back. <laughs> I think he's seeing how not not easy, but how stacked the AFC is, and he's looking like shit. I really got a, a easier chance. Like it's a legit mm-hmm. chance, Tampa Bay. You only got two or three tough teams that way. Period. It's a chance yeah. to get back to the Super Bowl, at least the NFC Championship. Yeah, to me. Yeah, but I, the- I, I, go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead. My bad. Oh. I just feel like the AFC is so stacked. NFC team get. I just think an AFC team is winning it next year. The AFC is so stacked. They're the better league. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. But whatever. (laughs) You would think. And like, here's how I feel about. Here's a few things. One, Tom Brady didn't like how the Rams game turned out. He felt like it was stolen from him. Because I mean, there were there were there were some instances that you know, one Von Miller. Hit Tom Brady, his helmet got on his chin, you know, busted his lip. He didn't get a rough in the passer call in his favor. He got mad about that. And then he got a flat throw on him for arguing with the ref and stuff. Um, but, it, you know, it felt like Tampa was going to come back and win that game anyway. Um, but another thing, like, you know, jokingly, people were saying that he couldn't stand being in that house with Giselle and the kids for much longer. <laughs> He's like, I got to get back out there. I can't do this. I'm not ready to be a full-time father yet. And then <laughs> and then another thing, like, there's still that competitive fire with Tom Brady. He's still got the competitive fire. He's still got the itch. I mean, he's coming off a season where he's still playing at the top of his game. So, so like, he's yeah. like, why not, man? I, I need to get back out there. I need to find a way to go out on top. It's as simple as that. I think Brady – to me, I think Tom Brady has some promises behind the scenes, too, because <laughs> – Ever since he got signed, I'm seeing all these moves that's Tampa making. All of a sudden, the Patriots are giving him players like Shaq Mason, the guard, got traded to Tampa. Logan Ryan is with the Bucks, with the Bucks now too. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, what the hell, dog? Like, it, it's crazy. And now they got Godwin back. Godwin got a new deal with the Bucks. Like the Bucks, they they try to bring the entire game back, try to make another run yeah. at it. So. I just felt like it was Aaron Rodgers was like, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, let's do this. And Brady's done. And then Brady comes back. And it's just this like, those are the two. You know, they're carrying the NFC. Well, Stafford got a deal. He got an extension. So, I mean, I like Stafford. What do y'all think about Paul saying right here? Do do y'all think they just need to scrap the conferences at this point? It's about to look like that in a minute. Yeah, you know the Goodell, he like to change something every year anyway. So that's a big change, though. They wouldn't. That's a right. really big change. 
Right. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting if um, they decide to just be like, forget the conferences and rank the teams one through 14. But I don't, I don't think that's happening, man. I mean, to me, like, I don't, I don't really see like a big issue. You know what I mean? I just feel like GMs just got to do their job and be on point. Um, but as far as the MC goes, man, here's another thing with Tom Brady. He saw that Aaron Rodgers got all that money, you know what I mean, in Green Bay. He's like, shoot, I play, I'm way better than this dude. He getting this contract? Nah, let me take this dude out one more time, man. So, <laughs> I, think, so I, think, I think that's another part. <laughs> that's another part of his motivation, I think. He saw Aaron Rodgers get all that money. I was like, y'all giving this regular season ass quarterback all this money, and I beat this dude how many times? <laughs> right, right. Right. So, yeah. I was like, I actually yelled out, no, when I saw he was coming back. There was an audible scream of no's just across the house. I was so mad. Ugh. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah, as it stands right now, the AFC definitely, it definitely has the uh, better conference, you know, as far as talent-wise and everything. But, you know, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what the AFC does throughout the rest of the offseason and all that. But I know it's I know it's gonna be between the Bucks, the Rams. Um, I'm just gonna say Green Bay because they're gonna win the division again, but they're not gonna get there. Um, and then the AFC East is a wash, man. They 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 still a joke, man. <laughs> they still a joke. So yeah, and the and the Saints would be a contender if they had a quarterback, man. Like, and here's my thing with the Saints: if James Winston doesn't get hurt, they make the playoffs. Now I don't know what they would have done. But their defense was stout. They arguably had the best defense in their conference. It's just that their quarterback got hurt. So. Yeah. I don't if know. they would have had Watson, they would have been a contender. Oh, for sure. If they had Deshaun Watson. And look, I think Michael Thomas would have would have uh, stopped, um, you know, complaining and being pissed off at the Saints organization by now. You can be like, all right. All right, I'm gonna stick it out, but yeah, they gotta deal with that currently. And then, of course, Kamar, we don't know what about, we don't know how his situation is gonna turn out either. So, man, I'm excited. All this QB carousel and everything, I'm I'm excited to see next season. I know we talk about it all the time, but I'm just with every move that's made, I'm like, let's go. Listen, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm like. You know, hey, all these teams trying to take us down. You know, they trying to take down the king, man. So, I know the Bing, I know the Bengals are the AFC champs, but you know, specifically our division. You know, everybody in our division trying to take us out for real, for real. So, we gotta be on our stuff. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So that's gonna conclude another episode of Kingdom Cast. Like, thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. And until the next episode, we out of here, people.